Hello, and welcome to episode two of my Caring Conversations podcast. Today, I am here with Joshua Stone, an extraordinary nurse and manager of our Care Without Delay program here in Roseville. Joshua, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. First off, can you take a moment to explain to our listeners how our Care Without Delay program works? Oh, sure. You know, I get this question a lot. Um, it's a small program department that works on utilizing all the interventions that we can to reduce hospital admissions, get the um, direct admits numbers down. Um, man, I'm kind of stumbling a little bit. I'm sorry. I guess you guys are going to edit this a little bit. Yeah, I know. You know, I get that question a lot from a lot of different people. The answer is that we work with the hospital doctors and the ER doctors to do what's best for a patient in a quick and expedient way. We try to reduce the direct admit numbers. We try to reduce the ED boarding hours of those waiting to get into the hospital. Um, it's really highly based on servant leadership. So we always try to help people out and help the patients out and try to get the best possible outcome we can. Why is it important to reduce hospital admissions? Why is it important for patients to not get hospitalized? In a lot of cases, if there's a patient that seems as though they can get the same intervention outpatient and they're not acutely ill, a patient would rather be in their own home and they would rather get the intervention, whatever it may be, outpatient. And it also saves the beds for those that really, really need the beds is what we need right now too. Absolutely, we, we definitely have some uh, space constraints in Roseville, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I, I oftentimes uh, wonder what we would do without our Care Without Delay program, and I thank you for everything that you do every day for our patients. So I heard recently that you had some patients that came in with a unique situation at home involving some pets. <laughs> As an animal lover myself, um, when I heard the story, it actually brought a tear to my eye. Can you explain what was happening with these patients? What was the situation with their pets and how you stepped in to, uh, to assist them? Yes, absolutely. Uh, in the emergency department, there was a woman who was currently on hospice and her husband was diagnosed with an illness as well and she couldn't take care of him anymore. And so they both came into the emergency department. I had heard from a colleague, Dr. Gatani, that um, there were pets in the house. And I thought, I gotta do something about that. So I went around and looked at all the local kennels and all of the reach out foundations. I found one, I think it was in Marysville. Um, I spoke with a woman, she was concerned about the animals as well. And what's funny is when I was on the phone with her, she heard that I was a nurse and started going into her own medical problems. So I started working with her to work through those medical problems before I could find a place for the dogs. Um, the next day I ran into her neighbor um, their neighbor in the room and um, she said that they had been to the house and that the dogs were secure and I just I love animals too we recently lost our little dog so I was just really in a kind of heartfelt place for animals too and um, the next day when I went to the room uh, the patient that I was talking to I said I wanted to talk to you about your dogs and she said oh, I don't think they made it. And I was like, no, no, the dogs are fine. I had them homed with your neighbors and then they're working on a spot for them to go. And she was just like, she started crying. She was so happy. So it's 
the interesting part is I did not really expect that anyone would really even notice any of this. It's just kind of like something that I just always do. And so I happened to mention it to my boss, to Megan, and she said, um, it's a good thing you got rid of those dogs, found a home for them, because I just would have taken them myself, which totally makes sense. We absolutely know that's true about yeah. Megan, don't we? <laughs> yeah. she is, she'll pick up any, uh, any animal, even if it's in the gutter. Yeah. Um, you know, as you described what you did for this patient, the, these two patients, actually, um, I just, honestly, like, I just really don't even have words to describe, you know, what you do every day and what I hear about what you do. And this is just one example of many, many examples that I have heard of ways that you go above and beyond. Can you tell me, like, what is, like, that secret sauce? What is that about you that makes you do this for patients it's not in your job description it's not it doesn't come with patient care what what makes you go above and beyond every day well i i think i have a phrase for it where it's just kind of like kingdom living it's doing what's best for people no matter what i think a lot of times especially in my job it's i did so many years of emergency room nursing that i think we oftentimes forget that people are having a really bad day and they never have had as bad of a day than that day. So a lot of times, I just go to the patient and see how they are like on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, are you okay? Do you need food? And just sit with them and catch up with them a little bit. I think the emergency department nursing that I did for so many years brought back some of that compassion when I started this job. Um, other than that, I just have always kind of been an optimistic person. And I just like to look on the positive side of things and think about the job that I have and how, how really blessed I am to have that job and how I could focus on stuff that I don't like doing, but I like to focus on ways that I'm helping people. Well, I know firsthand that you are an incredible nurse and you are a, definitely a heart-led leader. Um, you're my go-to person when somebody in the community that I run into needs help and they're in our emergency department and we have many, many patients down there. You know I call you often mm -hmm. and I do that because of your follow-through and you are absolutely incredible and I appreciate everything you do. Um, I did hear a little secret that you wanted to be an actor at oh, some point. Yeah, Tell absolutely. Me a little bit about that. Well, I traveled to Europe when I was younger and I just got done with acting school. I, was, I came home to live in Northern California where my parents are at, and I had to take one class to transfer down to Southern California. It was a speech class, I think. And my wife was sitting in the very front row. I made eye contact with her and I was like, that's, that's my dream girl. That's who I want to marry. And now we've been married 20 years. Um, it's, it's really because of her mother that I'm a nurse in the first place, because she was a nurse. And she said to me, I don't think you're going to be an actor anymore, but yeah, I think you'd be a good nurse. And I was like, oh, great. So I did it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I really want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. On behalf of our patients, thank you for doing what is right. So many people could have been in your shoes that day and thought, well, that's not really my job. I'm sure somebody else will figure it out, but not you. You stepped up, you did the right thing, and it's truly very inspirational. Thank you. That means a lot. 
For everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed episode two of Caring Conversations and found Joshua's story as inspirational as I did. These types of stories make me proud of the care and service we provide our members. If you have a story that you want to share, visit our North Valley intranet site and under Business Operations tab on top, select Exceptional Care Experience. Or you can email me at updatefromkimmenzel at kp.org. And remember, let's provide all of our patients with an exceptional care experience at every moment. Thank you.